Hello, you are listening to, or so they say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. I'm Megan. And you have something in your eye. I know. I just picture I'm going to do the gross, like, thing. Ew, yeah, with the hair. No, nasty. <laughs> or like Hercules when they pick the hair off the eyeball. Oh, and she does that really high pitch. Yeah. 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 Um, I feel like I have something stuck in my throat and I almost stopped when I said hello because I went, hello <laughs> like hello. i didn't, obviously didn't sound like that yeah uh, i just have days where there's just perpetually something in my throat and that feels like today i think sticking my dirty hands in my eye is making it worse <laughs> maybe don't stop. do that yeah oh my god anyway how's it going mine's going i don't know please tell me you're following the Am- alabama brawl no, I am not. I saw a picture and I didn't look at I didn't look at it. Oh my god. Um <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Everyone, okay, here is like the cliff notes. There was a black dock worker who okay. uh, a boat of white people pulled up and he said, You can't park your boat here. This is a ferry loading dock. Like the ferries are gonna pull up here. Yeah. And they were like, uh, okay. And they got off the boat and left and parked it there. And he said, no. Mm-hmm. So he's like kicking the boat off the dock. And he's like, I told you not to park it here. Yeah. So white people come back, all like five white people, and they think they're going to square up with this one black dude. And he's oh like, God. I told you. And the thing is, you can say, oh, well, that doesn't necessarily mean it was racially charged. Hold your horses. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so <laughs> they start beating up this black dude and like pushing him and all this stuff and sw- they start interesting sw- interesting yeah yeah cool. so very valid the and dock, called for the dock worker has a hat on and it's like the signal he took his hat off and threw it up in the air right mm-hmm. the hordes came a running <laughs> all these black people were like yes and they just like <laughs> they said he needs help <laughs> they came like avenger style and they just wrecked these white people's world and on did top somebody of them, have a chair i saw a picture of somebody swinging a, a chair. chair okay They're that's what i thought chair. um so the police show up and they arrest the white folk because they incited this fight they yeah. started it well yeah like i'm sure black people uh, some black people were probably also arrested too for assault but uh, they arrest the white people and the white people are like well, how dare yeah and um Get, so then it gets better i found out later that they go to the hospital they, this is montgomery alabama okay yikes okay they go to the hospital to get treated because they got the crap beat out of them and most of the staff is black and uh, so yeah montgomery sorry you're right yes so then they call the police and say there's all these n-words working in this hospital and i don't feel safe being treated here and they said so leave <laughs> and the white people were like shook that the police didn't come because black people were working in the hospital. I can't, I cannot even. And they said, there you can either like... be treated by a black person or you can go home. Mm-hmm. And the white people were just shook that the police for the second time said, get wrecked. <laughs> yeah. Don't be racist. Uh, like, uh, yeah. It was 100% racially charged. I just can't. There are people, I feel like I just had this conversation today. There are people like that that exist in the world and it just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. One idiot got a soapbox and now the rest of the idiots in the world feel like they have some kind of power. Are you talking about Jason Aldean? 
No, no, I'm talking about the big one. I'm talking about Trump, you dumb dumb. No, that's the way I explained it earlier is what's scary is all of these people have been crawling around in the freaking sewers where they belong this whole time. Mm -hmm. But the village idiot got a soapbox and made all the other idiots feel like they had some kind of right to be this way publicly to like they have a voice to be like this you have the freedom of speech you do not have freedom of the actions that come from your speech yeah well and a girl be a racist get wrecked yeah i saw a girl's video and she makes a good point it's like if someone walks into uh, an establishment and they start yelling the n-word at someone who works there who is a black person um and you just like put your head down you're like oh my god i wish this guy would leave it's like because nobody stopped him he's just going to go to the next establishment and do it again because no one is everyone's embarrassed but no one's stopping them and it's like honestly you're gonna you're gonna get you don't you're gonna get your wig snatched because like (laughs) i don't know it just really stresses me out that these people now feel like um i don't know they have some kind of power some kind of say some kind of anything no absolutely not like it just it stresses me out how many there are yeah i don't know you well i got scared to death i thought i was on the wrong side of tiktok because (laughs) i was swiping through and i came across a video of the fight where it was like all the white people on this one black dude Mm -hmm. and try that in a small town by jason aldean's plane i said oh no just happened my algorithm (laughs) but then the hordes came in (laughs) and it said uh i can't remember what the caption was exactly but the top comment on it was like this is my favorite uno reverse of all time yes (laughs) that's i think what i saw was a still of like the people coming down Mm -hmm. um where it said they tried that in a small town i was like i don't have time to look at this right now Mm -hmm. i didn't want to get into it someone else shared a post earlier that said how small of a town is montgomery i'm asking for jason yeah. <laughs> i don't know we always gotta throw in something don't we so that's our little that's just what's happening in the world i, I mean, thought it was hilarious it is and i feel like that's not a stance that i'm afraid to be public about i don't like racist i'm not a racist yeah, and i, I don't, don't support like, racism i don't like homophobes bigots transphobes misogynists. misogynists like i don't like any of you and i feel like that's a safe stance to take weird as that sounds i'm not afraid to say that yeah that one i'm not really worried about and if you don't agree with that why are you here right okay well anyway speaking (laughs) of like weird i don't know tumultuous places i don't know i mean this can be yeah it can be yes we are talking about spooky things as surprising as that might sound right now (laughs) we are and we are going through the alphabet we're down in the v's now or have we been we've been in the v's i'm dumb okay well Well, there was only two that's true Mm -hmm. we're in virginia Mm -hmm. wow have you ever been to virginia no i've been to west virginia Mm, i've been to virginia and actually weirdly enough i've been to the place that we're going today i think yeah i think i knew that i have we are in williamsburg virginia Mm -hmm. interesting it's honestly it's a really cool place it's part of the historic triangle of williamsburg jamestown yorktown Uh uh-huh wonderful wonderful yeah so let's talk let's talk virginia stuff right stats we're going with old faithful world population review for this of course i have to fill in the blanks because they're just they just don't care anymore it would seem about some information yeah i don't know how it works because we've done smaller cities and larger cities and And it just never has that information yeah Yeah. it's weird well so just i plopped these numbers in from like roundabout numbers that i found just know that 
Uh, Williamsburg is located in Williamsburg, Virginia. Well, yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> I know. It says it's a city located in Williamsburg, Virginia. We knew that. That's weird. Okay. Williamsburg has a 2023 population of 15,884 people. It is currently growing at a rate of 0.94% annually, and its population has increased by almost 3%, 2.84% since the most recent census in 2020 okay. of 15,445. There you go. <laughs> the average household income in Williamsburg is $98,178. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. With a poverty rate of 15.46%. That is bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, the bad thing is it's just a little above average. Yeah. The median rental costs, which I had to look up, in recent years has come to $1,360 per month for a one-bedroom apartment. Jesus. Mm -hmm. No. And the median house value is... Is that right? That's, like, right on the nose. $452,000. That's a lot. No, it's, it's sad, but once again, sad because that is, in fact, the national average. Yeah. Uh, the median age in Williamsburg is... 26.1 years what mm -hmm. I am she's a young ah! there's a gnat oh my <laughs> god <laughs> did it get you good it almost went in my eye that was well, scary punch it next time you see it oh geez i probably did i spike no, no. <laughs> it's pretty darn close though okay. not yet don't do it yet i'm not gonna do it yet hold it okay uh the age 26.1 wild she's a youngin yeah uh, you know, Williamsburg is giving me he vibes, like him vibes. Oh, okay. I said she's a young and he's a young. Oh, yeah. Just giving man vibes. Yeah. Which is um, William. I, maybe that's what it is. One more silly little take. The, this is just a tiny little comment. I saw a TikTok one time of a guy and it was very funny because he was extremely effeminate looking. I thought it was just... Mm -hmm. I thought it was a trans person one way or the other. I was very confused by their gender, uh -huh. just by looks. And then they were talking, and I qu quickly figured out what gender they were because they're like, I'm sorry, but I just don't think I could ever be with a woman who ha who used pronouns. Full stop. Huh. I said, you would have made it so much better if you said, even if I liked a girl, I couldn't be with the... I couldn't be with her if she used pronouns. Like, I wish they would have said that. Right. That's essentially what they said. Sir. Like, people just want so badly to be hateful anymore that they're just willing to be idiots. Mm-hmm. God forbid kids in elementary school learning about adjectives, conjunctions, and pronouns. Lord help the teachers that the, the parents are coming, you know, gunning for. Right. Thank God I'm not an Don't English teach teacher my child right now. Pronouns. Like, like the English teachers are probably getting it. I heard you were teaching my kid pronouns. It's like, yes, yeah. it's part of the English language. People are what? <laughs> like I said, they're just so blinded by hate that they're willing to look like actual idiots. <laughs> like it's just a part of speech, like prepositions and like I conjunctions. Thing I swear they were like there's no pronouns in the Bible. I said, my God, how many capitalized he, hims are there? Right. Good Lord. Anyway. That's, my favorite is like, if, it, if it's not a boy, it's not a girl, then what am I supposed to call them? No. Exactly. Oh, oh you well, did you it. You played yourself. Wow. You played yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, sorry. I swear. Well, I can't say that'll be the last one for now. We'll say it's the last one. Yeah. Williamsburg is given he, him vibes. <clears throat> Maybe he, they, who knows? Oh. Uh, the, I already said all those. Oh yeah. Cause she's, he's oh, young. Cause the drama I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's young. 26.1 years. Yeah. Uh, 25.8 for males, 26.6 for females. Okay. It's young. Uh, demographics 
pretty white, 70.32% white. Okay. Uh, 15.71% black or African American, 6.61 Asian, 6.12 or more races, 0.98 other race, 0.28 Native American, no Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander. The average earnings in Williamsburg are 38651 Okay. So I I know I did household incomes, but like I yeah, for some I reason it's individual. Yeah, this is individual. An individual person is making thirty eight thousand. Men, and, and of course, it's just <sighs> will always be men. Average forty five thousand three ninety three. Mm-hmm. Women averaging thirty one thousand fourteen thousand dollars less than men. The worst. All right. So that's your quick little rundown of Williamsburg to me the whole city of Williamsburg what I picture is what I'm about to t- talk about now we're we're now narrowing in so we're talking about Williamsburg as a whole uh-huh cool city whatever where I've been specifically is where I'm going next colonial Williamsburg yes it is so cool if any if you ever get a chance to go go check it out they like the whole idea of colonial Williamsburg is preservation and keeping it as true to colonial times as they can. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about that. The restoration of Williamsburg began with the Reverend Doctor W. A. R. Goodwin. What a what a Goodwin. What a wild name. Wow. <clears throat> Rector of the Bruton Parish Church, sharing his vision for Williamsburg with philanthropist philanthropist John D. Rockefeller Jr. and his wife Avi. Oh my gosh, Abby Aldrich Rockefeller in 1924. Rockefellers. I know, right? What began as a modest initiative to preserve Williamsburg 18th century building soon blossomed into a full-scale restoration of the formal colonial capital. I think it's happening. Oh, man. I always do it away from the mic. I'm respectful. I guess. (laughs) gosh i know there's something in my throat i did have coffee it did have a little heavy cream in it i'm hoping it's not coming through (laughs) it might be a little bit anyway what began as a modest thing uh soon blossomed into a full-scale restoration of the formal colonial capital now almost a century later the colonial williamsburg foundation brings history to life for new generations through careful research conservation and preservation by providing immersive programming and authentic resources for learners educators and researchers throughout the world Neat. Yes. In 1932, <laughs> Colonial Williamsburg opened its first public exhibition building, uh, the reconstructed Raleigh Tavern, where Patriot members of Virginia's House of Burgesses met and cast votes during the Revolutionary Era in defiance of the colonial's, oh, sorry, colony's royal governors. Okay. In 1934, hostesses working at the reconstructed tavern became the first Colonial Williamsburg staff to appear in period costumes. In honor of Pre- President Franklin D. Roosevelt's visit, man, I'm not cutting it. I'm just restarting. This is so frustrating. Uh, in honor of, where was I? Oh, uh, President Franklin yeah. D. Roosevelt's visit for the dedication of Duke of Gloucester Street. Within two months, every Colonial Williamsburg hostess would be wearing 18th century costumes. The foundation also began interpreting colonial crafts during the 1930s. Cabinet making, blacksmithing, and silversmithing were the first crafts to be introduced, followed by spinning and weaving, barbering and wig making, and candle making. (laughs) 
And you can, I'm sure it'll mention this, but you can see all of those things. You will see these people doing these things. Heck yeah, dude, sign me up. Mm -hmm. Begun initially with modern methods, the historic trades team became world-renowned for its historical authenticity as the program matured and its craftspeople adopted the tools and methods of their counterparts in the late 1700s. Again, I don't, I can't remember if it mentions it or not, but I'll say, like, when I went, like, some of these people... There are, you know, blacksmith shops, candle making shops, weaving, barbers, blah, blah, blah. Some people live in these houses. Like, it really is a seasonal thing uh-huh. and people work there. But there are some people who actually live in the houses and, like, live by the colonial standards. I don't know if I would go that far. Do they have electricity or anything? Um, so, mm, no. Well, so I remember, I think I ate dinner it might have been called the king's tavern uh-huh. everything was by candlelight i was gonna start singing it that <laughs> freaking christmas song that our high school did every year by, by candlelight yep Pretty i did much. it anyway <laughs> did it anyway anyway my understanding was that some people actually stayed in those homes like few people but they like really they were um really committed to the roles right uh-huh. Well, any hoot. In the 1970s, costumed interpreters began conveying stories of the 18th century people in Colonial Williamsburg historic area. It was a way to depict people of all classes, genders, and races, and at the time was considered pathbreaking street theater. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, uh, I keep saying what I'll just read it and then talk about my bit. The first person interpretation that began on historic area streets evolved in 2005 with the introduction of the Nation Builders, a growing cast that includes interpretations of familiar founders like Thomas Jefferson and Patrick Henry, alongside portrayals of lesser-known residents and visitors to Williamsburg in the Revolutionary Era. The history shared by the foundation continues to expand with African-American interpretation, which began in 1979, exploring the lives of enslaved and free black Americans who made up more than 50% of Williamsburg population at the time of the revolution. Would you, I guess you can't answer this. I can't answer this. As a black person, would they want to make a living portraying a slave? That seems... I feel like, well, sorry, I feel like... It would take the right person, but it really is a like. I understand it, it's, it's interesting to me that it course. started in 1979. Yeah, like, that is an interesting time for that to have started. A very open time for it to have started. This it seems as if Williamsburg, because I did check the data, iOS, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, iOS is Apple. I don't know. What I, it is. I say iOS too. I don't know what it is. Um, it's th- both Democratic senators. Like I feel like it's a fairly you know progressive, progressive area, and I will not speak for Black people or for anybody else. That's not me for that matter. But my under my thought would be that if it's there to educate, like to truly educate the realism of everything that was happening, mm-hmm. m- maybe there are people out there that would take that opportunity. I mean, obviously they do. It's just, I, and I know it's a performance, but it's like, gosh, what a commitment to, to do up, that all day long, you know? And they made up 50% of the population back in the revolutionary era. Yeah. So. And, and, I mean, I guess it gives your people a voice, you know, you're able to say what you need to say. And as, I, I don't know. I know I'm towing a weird line no, here. No, it's okay. No, I mean, it is weird to talk about because you can't speak for other people. But yeah, right. it's, they introduced that in... 79 tribal delegations of american indians were also a common that's how it's written here and i feel like this is pretty up to date so i don't know and what 
context did it say uh tribal delegations of american indians that may be like the name of the organization though yeah uh possibly i feel bad because i just spouted it off so fast we're just i'm reading it as it's written okay mm-hmm. because this is all coming i don't know if i said this is coming from williamsburg's website okay and uh Uh, That was also a common sight in early Williamsburg. Trade, diplomacy, and tensions were all a part of a journey of coexistence navigated by colonists and the American Indian tribes who lived on the land on which the English had settled the American Indian encampment in the historic areas tell that story. Today, programming across Colonial Williamsburg draws guests directly into the action. On any given day, visitors may engage in conversation with a diverse array of well-researched, costumed, historic interpreters, from revolutionary thought leader James Madison to the first known ordained black Baptist preacher Gowan Pamphlet. From Martha Washington, the first lady, the first first lady, mm-hmm. to oh, <laughs> a Cherokee leader. Guests can ask questions and inspect the work products of dozens of expert artisans at our historic trade shops and sites, and at our theaters, people encounter unique perspectives on stage, where performers often involve their audiences directly in their art. That's what I was going to mention. You're walking down, so these are like, you know, sometimes cobbled mostly just like dirt pads. It feels it's so weird because there's a point where there are some barriers, and when you cross those barriers, you're in Williamsburg proper, not colonial. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at colonial Williamsburg, it looks I can't I wasn't there in the 1700s, but it looks just like it and you turn around and then you see the stoplights and the cars driving past. There are no cars, there's nothing like that. You can't drive through colonial. Correct. Yeah. And there are there are people walk it's like you just popped into colonial times and there's people walking around in dress and stuff and they have to answer you and talk to you as if they are in colonial times oh there will be performances there's random stages throughout the place and it doesn't happen all day but they're like at two o'clock you can see us have a guillotine like a a, a, or a hanging or whatever at this point and they'll depict as close as they can Uh to things like that or you can go down to the I can't remember what building it is, but you can sit in on a jury, oh. like, and watch a trial happen. You can watch votes be cast somewhere, a dinner be put on by the governor. Like, it's weird. It's wild. Hmm. You're just kind of a, uh, what's the word? A voyeur. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. You just, yeah, sitting in. Fly on the wall in colonial times. That's all. It is really fun if you're into that stuff and I am into that stuff. research conservation and historic preservation lie at the heart of colonial williamsburg's mission to present and present the stories of americans origins america's origins what the world (laughs) every day these investigations of the past reveal new facts that facilitate our understanding of this nation's beginnings they have archaeology it was and is an important tool in discovering williamsburg's past excavations of historic sites began in 1928 discoveries continue today as we uncover things people owned places they lived and even evidence of the specific plants they grew in their gardens which enable us to better understand their world and their lives there are architectural historians who re- whose research help us see what 18th century buildings look like. Preservationists protect the structures that illustrate life in those times. They have con- conservators and cur- curators. 
Sure. Sure. That work together on research and preservation products with a little help from modern science to understand and preserve Colonial Williamsburg historic artifacts artifacts and artistic works, not autistic works. Oh, goodness. Uh, historians dive into primary source documents, original maps, history, census records, and more housed at the John D. Rockefeller Jr. Library to investigate not just the what, but the hows and the whys of Williamsburg's past. Boo. Okay. So now <laughs> we've talked about Williamsburg. We've talked about colonial Williamsburg. Now we have to get even closer down to what Megan is about to talk about, which is the Peyton Randolph house. Yes. And I feel like... It's red, right? That sounds really dumb. Yeah, yes, it's okay, red. <laughs> I think I did go through a tour of this house. It wasn't specifically a, a haunted tour. They do do haunted tours at nighttime, but I went right. during the day to just see the house. Yeah. All right. This is coming from Wikipedia. I just have a little bit more left. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm doing fine on time. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the Peyton Randolph House, also known as the Randolph Peachy House, <laughs> is a historic house museum in Colonial Williamsburg. Its oldest portion dating to about 1715. She's an old lady. She old, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the museum's oldest surviving buildings. It was designated a National Historic Landmark in 1973 as the home of founding father Peyton Randolph, the first and third president of the Continental Congress. Also, he died in 1775, so oh. rip, you missed it. <laughs> the Randolph House is located in uh, near the center of Colonial Williamsburg at the northeast corner of Nicholson and North England Streets. It is a two-story wood frame structure appearing as a seven-bay main block with a single-story L to the east. What the heck yeah, does that mean? I don't know. It's Listen, just like a flat-looking house, guys. I don't. It's red. It's a very colonial-looking building. Yes. I don't know how to explain it. I'm a visual person. All of that meant nothing to me, and I've seen it with mine own eyes. Yeah. <laughs> the main block is capped by a roof that is hipped at the western end and gabled at the eastern. The main entrance is set in the center bay, sheltered by a gabled hood. Windows are arranged slightly out of symmetry, which bugs the crap out of me. Oh, I didn't notice, uh, and now I don't want to look. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a product of the building's construction history. The building interior retains original 18th century woodwork and a marble fireplace mantle in its central cent section. Mm -hmm. The oldest portion... Are you looking now? Yeah, it looks... Oh yeah okay okay <laughs> i see it now <laughs> the oldest portion of the house is the western half of the main block which was built about 1715 by william robertson it was purchased by sir john randolph in 1724 who also purchased a lot to the east where he built a second house randolph's son peyton joined the two structures together by building the middle section the eastern section did not have internal access to the rest of the house and may have been used by the younger randolph as an office I do remember this house was like a maze. Like, uh -huh. it, I yeah, they're it's like, like a Frankenstein house. Essentially, they're like we. They're like we. Well, we have to go through here to get to this part, and you have to. It was, I would get lost. <laughs> uh, let's see. They thought it was used as an office. The western section of the house originally had a fully hipped roof, and the area between it and the middle section's gable was used as a water collection area, housing a cistern that's still found in the building's attic. During the American Civil War, the home was owned by the Peachy family. I have to say it like that. I can't <laughs> I help know. it. Uh, and was used as a hospital for Union and Confederate troops wounded during the Battle of Williamsburg on May 5th, 1862. The building was restored by Colonial Williamsburg in 1938 to 1940. The original East Wing in poor condition was torn down and a reconstruction built. Oh. 
That area was determined to contain at least two Native American Indian burial sites and pottery. Isn't that redundant to say that, but whatever. Yeah. These graves were disturbed during the construction of the tunnel for the Colonial National Parkway in 1941. And in 1970, the house was declared a National Historic Landmark for its well-preserved early early 18th century architecture and for its association with prominent Randolph family. Boom. I didn't want to get into <laughs> anything else. That's just like the general overview of this house. It is a Frankenstein monster. Uh-huh. Randolph owned it first. Peyton, the son, then owned it. Thus, the Peyton Randolph house is born. Uh-huh. And peachy. Peachy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You say it like that every time. God, I, I wanted to get into like other things mm-hmm. to lead into yours, but I feel like one, I didn't want to step on your toes, and two, knowing that it housed Confederate and Union soldiers, already kind of wounded soldiers, already yeah. kind of sets you up for like you know spirits to be left behind, and not only spirits left behind, but like bad, literally battling spirits. Yeah. So oh, yeah. take it away. I'm tired. Okay, I guess I will. All right. Um, so I'll I'll tell you now. There were several deaths in the house. That's I. I looked up. I was like <clears throat> deaths in the Peyton Randolph house, and then immediately stopped myself because mm-hmm. every link that came up was haunted Peyton Randolph haunted house, the most haunted house in Williamsburg. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, Peyton, the actual owner, he passed away in the home. Uh, or I'm sorry, he died in Philadelphia in 1775. His body was pickled in a barrel and sent back to Williamsburg. <laughs> you know, t- sign of the times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Today he is one of the few buried under William and Mary Wren's chapel in the Wren Crypt with his father, Sir Randolph, and brother John Randolph, a Tory. I don't know what a Tory is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there were some other deaths. I'll get into it. Um just because there's quite a few. So I don't think I'm going to, I was going to do a little bit more history on the family, but let's just, let's just get into it. Yeah. Let's do it. That's fine. I feel like I kind of, I mean, I didn't cover the whole family, but you got the point. Mm -hmm. It's fine. So the general hauntings in the house, like any good haunted house, there are voices that are heard inside, objects move on their own, and visitors, including the famous French general of the American Revolution, Marquis de Lafayette, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he has felt hands touch him, or even other visitors have felt like being pushed. Lafayette is such an interesting person, and I'll say this is relevant and not. It was either... It might have been in Yorktown. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a building that has the cannon, Lafayette specific cannon that he used. Like, yeah. it is not a replica. It is the cannon that he used mm-hmm. during the war. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. All right. So, in 1824, Lafayette returned to Williamsburg, where he had spent some time during the Revolutionary War. During his tour through the U.S., he stayed at the Peyton Randolph House in Williamsburg, and he wrote, quote, I considered myself fortunate to lodge in the home of a great man, Peyton Randolph. Upon my arrival, as I entered through the foyer, I felt a hand on my shoulder. It nudged me as if intending to keep me from entering. I quickly turned but found no one there. The nights were not restful as the sounds of voices kept me awake for most of my stay, end quote. I'm sure ghost stories have been a thing mm-hmm. for, like, when did they start, first of all? Like, 
he had no nothing to gain by saying this place is haunted back in the 1700s 1800s this is 1824 is when he returned to williamsburg Mm -hmm. so yeah ghost stories just even even then all those years ago when the building served as a lodging house as recent as the late 1960s, guests would rush out in the middle of the night, claiming to have been physically and violently shook, no. their limbs tugged on, or to have seen apparitions over their bed. Over the bed. Good. We love that. Mm-hmm. I just immediately think of Supernatural, which like, uh, I, yeah. I just started watching it again. <laughs> so. I'm going to try again. It's I don't have any problem with it. It's just after old yellow eyes it's back to monster of the day and i'm like mm, and you have to I get know. back into it that part of me is like do i just skip season one but <laughs> i almost i i'm using it as like a refresher i i usually crochet or something while season one's going i'm not paying too much attention yeah. except for the couple episodes i do remember that stuck with me like the scarecrow one that's a great episode i just when you said that i thought of scary stories to tell in the dark mm-hmm. and that's scary too um oh i was gonna say in this home also like it's mentioned because they try to keep it true to the times there is no electricity Mm -hmm. so there's no like like houses that we've stayed in we're like is that the air kicking on is that lights whirring there is no that's not there to saturate i don't know saturate your sense of noise pollution or yeah all right uh an interview from the book by jackie bernhardt or yeah bernhard the hauntings of williamsburg jamestown and yorktown recounts one guest experience it says quote i was resting comfortable when awakened by the peculiar feeling that someone was tugging on my arm naturally i assumed i was dreaming so i rolled over and went back to sleep a short while later i was being shaken violently as my eyes adjusted to the darkness i could see that i was completely alone I darted out of bed and ran as fast as I could. I didn't even go back to collect the things I'd left behind. (laughs) I laughed. I wanted to, I didn't want to interrupt your story, but it just reminds me of uh, Monsters, Inc. Where it's Uh like, it picked me up and shook me like a doll. (laughs) That's all I could think of. (laughs) I thought of the Shake Them from a Harry Potter musical. Is it a Harry Potter sequel? I don't know. I don't know. It's worth a rewatch. I never did watch Senior Year. All right. Uh, I didn't either. Uh, We should do that. Going back to the haunting. So now we get to hear a little bit about the Peachy family. Uh, One of the Peachy boys was climbing a tree in the 19th century. I don't know why they in the like, (laughs) why couldn't they say in the 19th century? One of the anyway, (laughs) one of the Peachy boys was climbing a tree when the branch broke and he fell to his death. God. Yikes. Golly. Uh, a young girl living on the second floor fell out of her window to her death. Ma'am. A Confederate veteran attending the College of William and Mary suddenly and mysteriously fell ill and died in the house. Okay. Later in the 18th century, two men staying at the house entered a heated argument and shot and killed each other. Man, what timing that they, I mean, I guess maybe they succumbed to their wounds. It yeah, wasn't. it's possible. Yeah. yeah. One of the more popular and more recent stories is that of a Colonel William or Colonial Williamsburg security guard who became trapped in the basement of the house after entering through the shutter doors behind the house. As he was making his exit, he heard a large and terrifying growl and felt something grab his legs as if holding his feet firmly down. I don't like that. 
He was stopped in his tracks and unable to move his legs. Then, suddenly, the shutter door slammed shut and his flashlight turned off. (laughs) He quickly used his radio to call for help. When his lieutenant finally came, came and pried open the cellar doors, he was released from whatever force was holding him. So, like, something held him in place until somebody showed up. Yeah. Mm. While some say he quit that next day, in fact, the security left three months later for a higher-paying job. <laughs> so, I mean, it'd be like that. So. Yeah. Like, you can't leave. If you don't have something secured, it's in the, in today's economy, you can't just up and leave a job unless you got something else. Mm-mm. All right. So let's talk about the inside of the Randolph, uh, Peyton Randolph house. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Others have heard sounds of knocking coming from the inside of the house, furniture moving on its own, or the sounds of children playing inside. And you know that's some dang heavy furniture. You think Amish built's heavy? This is revolutionary furniture. (laughs) It's whole trees, basically. (laughs) They just kind of took the bark off and they're like, a couch. (laughs) Look what I made. It's our dining room table. The second floor of the house is regarded as the most haunted, as many report feeling something malicious pushing them, usually down the stairs. (laughs) I mean, that tracks considering the girl fell out of the second story window. Yeah. A woman is occasionally heard singing in the backyard by security as if she stands right in front of them. No. And of course they find nobody. Mm Mm-hmm. Another event tells of an alarm that went off at the east wing of the house, the house attached to the right side of the Randolph house, you know, Frankenstein, um, which used to be occupied by two women until they passed away. Security was unable... They were just friends, too. History will call them friends. (laughs) Security was unable to obtain a key to the property, so they found a way in through one of the windows in the inside. No evidence of fire or smoke was present. So, like, the fire, the uh, smoke alarm was Mm -hmm. going off. Yeah. Strangely, the fire retardant material did not seep under the door and enter into the other section of the main house as if it was stopped by an invisible boundary. See, that's weird. How physics. How do you do that? More uncanny was that the extinguisher was completely empty and the pin had been removed and was never found. Yuck. I don't like those are weird things. They couldn't get into that that part of the house. It was locked. They had to go through a window. So mm-hmm. like I mean, yes, is it possible someone else snuck in through a window and did that? I guess, but mm-hmm. it's the physical the physical things that you find that like really do it for me. Mm-hmm. Well, the most startling discovery was what they found when they lifted the extinguisher. Okay. There was absolutely nothing, no extinguisher discharge below the extinguisher. It was resting in the middle of the room as if it had been placed from the wall on, onto the floor with the discharge nozzle facing downward, and it had sprayed around the room in an odd pattern while remaining in perfect position. So it looked like maybe the, the hose had went crazy like, and sprayed yeah. everywhere, but the, the canister itself just sat there. Sat there. It didn't knock over. It didn't. And you would think the pressure I've never used, luckily have never had to use a fire extinguisher. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I would think the pressure from that would knock it over, especially as it got empty. Right. And it said no, um, where was that? No residue was found underneath the fire extinguisher, nor on its bottom. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. No intruders had been found, nor any signs of a break-in. 
Furthermore, even if someone was involved, how could they achieve and control such an unusual spray pattern in the room without like getting it on themselves right if you think of i just immediately think of like a um a crime scene Mm -hmm. you know when someone is bludgeoning someone to death sorry (laughs) here we are it's like you're gonna see blood spatter everywhere except an odd void where the body was where Mm -hmm. the blood was must have hit them so it didn't hit that floor and it's like you didn't see that that void where a body would have been standing right right so just an obstruction mm -hmm. um let's see and this all this i should say is coming from colonialghost.com so i think i'm going to read this even though it doesn't really talk about uh Spooky? Whatever, I'm just okay, going to read it. Here okay. we go. Our inquisitive nature demands that we ask, why? Why is the Peyton Randolph house haunted? I mean, I feel like I just gave you a lot of deaths. Yeah. That seems to be. Yeah. We have explanations for hauntings at the White House, the Wren Building, the President's House, the Brafferton House, at the College of William and Mary, and the Bruton Parish Church, among many others. All of these on Colonial Williamsburg. The explanations make logical sense in our minds, but the one explanation that has failed to convince us is of the Randolph house, which makes no sense. Right. The typical explanation has been that the Randolph house was cursed by Betty Randolph's slave Eve, who in 1782 cursed the house after being forcibly taken away and split from her son when she was sold to a different owner as punishment for running away with the British the previous year. Okay. So that has one explanation for How all this. How bad does the living situation have to be that you're like, take me back, and you try to leave with the <laughs> British soldiers? <laughs> Please. The second explanation at the house's activities are caused by Betty Randolph's cruel behavior toward her slaves, much of which is a mystery, possibly akin to, I don't know, New Orleans Lollery mm-hmm. Mansion. Mm-hmm. Sound familiar? It does. Like, it didn't escape. It wasn't just in the South, like... It's it was happening all over, y'all. Right, right. And let's see, they talk about Lollery, which we've already talked about. Yeah, really gross, really just, messed up. Yeah, they use their slaves to perform medical experiences, torture, experiments. You said experiences, experiments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, including sex changes, torture, limbs stretched out, rearranged mm-hmm. to resemble a crab they did one one of the slaves so like things like that you know that's so you talk about it and it's like i don't know we we watch crazy movies and shows and read crazy books and whatever but like if you think about that and you try to convince and you try to think about it as an actual event that happened like look at that person across the room and imagine them with their body parts looking like a crab you can't you can't even fathom something like that mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it, it explains more here, and I'm not going to because bleh, it's nasty. Anyway, and we've also talked about the Lollary Mansion, so go yeah. check out that episode. Mm-hmm. Actually, I I mean, it's been a while since we covered it, but there's more here I don't think we covered in the episode. That's why I was like... The crab one kind of caught me off guard. I don't remember if we talked about that. Do you remember anything about, like, the human caterpillar? Mm, no, I don't know. It's been a minute, but I don't think so. Uh, we're not going to get into it. We get, we're focusing on the the uh, Randolph house. So, 
Owners, uh, all this to say owners could do whatever they wanted with their property because slaves weren't considered people. They were property at the time. And no records of this level of barbarity would have been kept, especially if committed and concealed by an elite family. So one can't rule out the atrocities did not occur at the Randolph house. Mm -hmm. Like it's because Lollery got caught because one of the slaves jumped. Yeah. Right. And that's how they found. Didn't she run out of the house or jump out of the house or something? Something. It's yeah. It's been so long. But yeah, they got caught. They Randolph, could have not yeah, been caught. She, she may not have been caught. But there's little evidence to suggest mistreatment of the slaves to that degree. Which that is. Which if there's <laughs> evidence anywhere else to that degree. Holy mm-hmm. crap. Yeah. The most likely explanation is that. Um. Native American burials on and surrounding the house were distributed at one of the multiple points in that is history. me sighing. I'm sorry. I well because I almost did the same thing too. I almost just like blindly read it. This is the fact that has been overlooked by Colonial Williamsburg. Written records, ghost tours, and ghost books written on Williamsburg have overlooked this. Apparently, most like uh, most like to tell why my eyes just like crossed. <laughs> Most like to tell the tale of Betty Randolph as and her slave Eve, which has existed for decades. But what? I don't know what that word is. But this Kaf Kafkaski Kafkaski. Do you want me to spell it? Yeah. K a f k a e s q u e. Kafkaski. I don't know. Anyway, I, I like how I asked you to spell it. I cannot. You when, went like people could spell blazed. the word Smith out loud, and I'd be like Jones. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We got you. Anyway, this crazy explanation falls short. We believe that the primary and original source of the haunting activity reported in the home predates 1699 and colonial presence in the area. So they're saying like this started in the 1600s. While evidence of pre-colonial activity was scarce on the Randolph property, according to a Colonial Williamsburg report, they note that, quote, aside from a few residual or displaced projectile points and pottery, no aboriginal artifacts or features were located during the archaeological excavations of the 1930s, 50s, or 80s, and, quote, Native American remains uh, specific to the Peyton Randolph back lot were virtually non-existent. I looked it up and now I feel stupid. What? Does the name Kafka ring a bell? Mm, nah. <laughs> Franz Kafka. Uh, it is Kafka-esque. Kafka-esque? It's literally like if you took uh, Harris-esque. Like, oh. uh, yeah, characteristic or reminiscent of the oppressive or nightmarish qualities of Franz Kafka's fictional world neat uh, dumb dumb anyway <laughs> so i just i needed to know and like i suppose what did franz kafka write who knows so they're saying there's this uh story that miss randolph was um abusive to her slaves and may have done, t- done terrible things to them but they said that the remains or the uh native american burial grounds they said that truthfully there wasn't a lot of remains if any found in on the property so they talk about native american burial grounds could be the cause of it but we didn't 
find anything Mm -hmm. which that assumption contradicts a 1952 archaeological report conducted by colonial williamsburg of the peyton randolph house which stated that during an interview from the previous owner mrs ball that native americans are buried on the east side of the yard mr corley and mrs ball both agree that they should not be disturbed so yeah that's Mm -hmm. um i don't know how much time do i have uh, we have all the time in the world, but... Okay. I mean, usually... We're sitting at like 48. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I can do a little bit more. Um, so, they said the the burial sites, the, the grave sites were first identified in July on July 12th, 1938, on the east side. And that refers to the area in front of or behind the small reconstructed addition to the Peyton Randolph house, Mm -hmm. which I don't even know where that is at this point. Uh, It's like, (laughs) I don't know. Um, I'm going to skip forward because it gives like a lot of, it's like an interview. Um, Let's see. The graves originally discovered in 1938, disturbed in 1940, and again mentioned in 1952 were destroyed when the national parkway tunnel was built in 1940. You said that. The National Parkway Tunnel runs underneath the grounds near the Peyton Randolph House, and when it was constructed, the nearby burial site was disturbed and disturbed and lost to history. Mm-hmm. So this website, Colonial Ghost, says that they believe this is a more credible explanation to the hauntings at the Peyton Randolph House, a cause which would predate Betty Randolph and Eve, her slave, and one that would offer stronger evidence of paranormal activity. I don't want to sound stupid. uh Uh-huh. A bunch of people dying in there should be enough. That's what I'm like. I'm confused. Yeah. Okay, let me just, I'll finish up this paragraph here. They have all of this evidence of people dying in the home and they're like what could this possibly mean they they're not saying that the people who died in the house aren't haunting it they said that it actually says the very next sentence the many strange deaths and occurrences in the house over the past 300 years only serve to compound the activity likely caused by disturbed native american burials so on they the want they want to know what kick-started it yeah so they're well, saying what kick-starts any haunted location who knows and that's they're saying it predates 1699 because the native americans were already there they were buried resting peacefully yay and i mean depending on unlike myself depending on. on what your uh belief is in the afterlife if any i mean if they had been resting for so long i don't know if they believe they move on to a certain plane or something reincarnation whatever Mm. but i mean we're talking about so they were buried before the 1700s and then disturbed over a hundred years later are they really coming back to to you know haunt the area i don't know i don't know i like why here are we so um determined to find an origin story mm-hmm. i don't know uh anyway i'll go ahead and finish up this with it says that pre-colonial history of this area may have been overlooked or underreported especially when many of these buildings were originally built in the 18th century and as these sites are not representative of the colonial period for which colonial williams uh williamsburg emulates native american inhabited inhabited this land for thousands of years see so yeah 
They lived on it, they died on it, and they were laid to rest in it. It's reasonable to assume that their spirits, possibly resulting from disturbed resting places, also inhabit the area, just as the ghost of our colonial ancestors. Again, I guess it just depends on what they believe the afterlife to be versus what it actually is. Right, and maybe there's now more, more um, I don't know, spiritual activity because the colonial people, like people in colonial times came, took over the land from Native Americans. And now Native American spirits and colonial spirits are trying to rest together and like, not in this, not here. I say that like Native American spirits are probably ticked because they're like, now we're stuck with you? <laughs> what in the world? Yeah. The influence of Native Americans on our history must not be forgotten. And their rightful place in our ghost stories and on our ghost tours must not be overlooked. Our ultimate extended and regular ghost tours of Williamburg's Williamsburg recount these events as a primary explanation of the hauntings and activities surrounding the Peyton Randolph house. Okay. So fine. they must run a ghost tour through it. So they are really laying heavy on this native American burial ground disturbance. Okay. I just heard a lot of kids and people dying in that house. Right. Like, uh, or I mean, even though Peyton Randolph himself died in Pennsylvania, he was pickled and sent yeah. back to Williamsburg. Like, right. Better oh not be world. dill. Anyway. Oh, yuck. Um, Take yeah. the bay leaf out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I don't know. Williamsburg as a whole, I'm sure, has lots and lots of history. There is actually a Williamsburg, not even colonial, just Williamsburg ghost tour that you can go on. And it takes you through all of these different, you know, sites, buildings, I think. Uh, Queen, like Mary, God, the college, whatever it is. Oh, Queen uh, Joseph and Mary. Jo not Joseph. Or, not Joseph. And Mary. <laughs> it's um, dang it, Queen Some Mary. Hold on, oh, I said Lord it like Hell three me. times. Why? I thought it was. Point Joseph is, and Mary. this is Virginia is like one of the OGs. There is a ton, ton of history here, which leaves a lot of room for William a lot of William and Mary. No, William and Mary, <laughs> not Joseph, not that able. <laughs> Uh, wait, that's my dad's name. Not you, dad. Another, <laughs> other Josephs, I'm sure, a-holes. Who knows? <laughs> what <laughs> Whatever. Um, no, this is a really old state. Lots of history. Lots of room for spirits to hang around. Mm -hmm. And like, yay, cool for including Native Americans. I suppose that makes sense. Isn't it yeah. funny that, isn't it funny that people came over to America to colonize, well, colonize? They came to America to get away from oppression in britain and then they come here and they're like boom they, boom kill 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 yeah they the oppressed people other here. people and they're like this is our land and they're like didn't you just wait a minute yeah <laughs> make it make sense uh, yeah you left there and found it was already inhabited and you couldn't just be like hey can we be neighbors you had to be like this is our land yeah you, like, like i don't clearly know were you, it's were you so embittered by britain that you're like i don't know i learned god i don't even know what to say i know and now we're getting down this whole history lesson truth be told this when we were originally talking about what to cover in virginia um we were just gonna do like williamsburg as a whole and i quickly found out i'm like this is a bad idea there's just we're not going to be able to give you all enough details it would have been so vague because of how many different haunted areas haunted buildings places there are in williamsburg that it just didn't feel like we were doing it justice so i said how about we just pick like a building because yeah, i really feel like like i said i was in 
the you know historic triangle for i think a week or so so mm-hmm. i got to check out a lot of different things and i swear every building you go in they're just like oh yeah it's a little bit haunted it's like it, it's just understood yeah that most places are haunted this is not relevant i just go i'm going back to kafka now oh okay. <laughs> well because okay. i've heard kafka referenced whoa kafka referenced before mm-hmm. um and i'm over here like but what what has he done what has he done apparently one of his more famous works is called the metamorphosis does this ring any bells that sounds familiar yeah it's a novella written blah blah blah. it's one of his best known works it tells the story of a salesman gregor samza who wakes up one morning to find himself inexplicably transformed into a huge insect and subsequently struggles to adjust to his new condition surprisingly so uh look at this picture a cover of many that's no that's what i said you see the face in it there's a face yeah i see the spindly legs again all at the same time that was scary nasty spindly <laughs> legs and it's funny because that's the depiction on this cover but in the description <laughs> oh my god what is wrong with you in the description yeah on wikipedia it says that the insect is usually depicted as a cockroach and in that picture it is a hundred percent a spider it's a noodle uh, it's a novella like all like any good douchebag writes a novella. Anyone that's like, I'm writing a novella. The only red flag you need. No. I, we, you read a novella and liked it, I thought. Mm, I don't know. To be any, Listen, but I don't know that person in real life. If you know an aspiring author who's working on their novella and they've been working on that novella for years, Oops. it's just not it, fam. You don't need years and years to write a 50-page book. Get out of here. Dude, I do have to give like a, a warning, though, a trigger there, because I did throughout the title of to be devoured if you're Uh, like what's to be devoured just know it's gross you can read it it's like 80 pages long but to be devoured is is gross but what's grosser that you've already figured out so far i've started reading tender as the flesh it's gross because it's so uh normalized well and i it's more um i feel like it's easier to comprehend in a scary sadistic way it's easier to comprehend than a girl who's obsessed with vultures uh because that's what to be devoured is about tender as the flesh is about cannibalism dystopic dystopic future where cannibalism is normalized yeah actually it's like the only way you're really gonna get your protein in the future yeah, so. that's wild sorry i went hot and heavy on the novella writers if you're writing a novella that's fine am i speaking from personal experience that i've known more than one person that wrote a novella that is a literal walking human piece of trash yeah that's okay though i mean we got feelings on yeah books, obviously so. obviously no i do those there's also man i could talk about novellas the whole time i think i would consider come closer a novella that's a really good one Possess- not- possession you should read it oh see i have i already i talked about this in my other podcast but on my to read list uh i have a book on there that everyone literally everyone's like don't read it it's gross don't read it did you mention the title earlier not in this no no no, no, in in real life outside of the recording yes i have is it womb 
No, oh. I, I haven't. That's also on my to read list. I'm going to read that. is something else. I live vicariously through Maddie. I don't read much at all, but I hear these things and I'm like, mm, no, interesting. The book on my to read list is The Slob. Oh. And it's, I mean, it sounds gross, even just saying it, but it's like a guy who's a recluse and a hoarder and he like kidnaps or traps this girl in his house. I don't know. That's all I'm going to tell you because beyond that, it gets really ghost. Or I've heard uh, Playground is really nasty. Literally, I just look up the book and the first images are you have to decide to uncover them. Yeah. It's like, this is sensitive. Are you sure? Oh, let me see. Is it the cover? It's the cover of the book. Yeah. Okay. Yuck. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and then I've also heard the playground is really gross. Everyone just big old trigger warnings. If you're going to Google any of these books, because they are all nasty. It's either about like, uh, you know, Oh God, whoa, sorry. Uh, me bad. it's going to be like essay or murder or whatever cannibalism, cannibalism. Or whatever. everything i just mentioned they are like really bad books <laughs> so i don't know how we got here we were talking about williamsburg metamorphosis kafka-esque speak so like are. the person waking up to suddenly be an insect and now we take it back to randolph being reminiscent of lalaurie who mm-hmm. did crazy experiments on her slaves like that's how we got here okay okay shoo we're well, hoping basically what we're saying is we're hoping that what is it be- be- randolph whatever her name was Peyton randolph i don't no, know no, no. Her... betty martha one of those yeah olden, <laughs> one of those olden names there's only like five names to choose from so. yeah and i probably still got it wrong um <laughs> hopefully she was not like that let's, let's pray hope. and hope yep. yeah thoughts and prayers but next week we're going to be in Washington. Oh, gross. <laughs> Yucky. We're going like complete opposite side of the country. Yeah, I know. I I don't know. I feel like Washington may surprise us. I'm feeling good about Washington. Yeah. I'm feeling it's indifferent. It's like up in the woods, right? <laughs> I mean, staring, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of woods. Oh. Yeah. Mm, there Scary stuff happening up yeah. there. All right. Well, I guess we're going to wrap it up. Uh, before I have another out-of-body experience or something crazy happens. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsotheysaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok all at orsotheysaypod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash or so they say pod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've captured during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. You can find Or So They Say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We and the algorithms will thank you for it. See See you you next week. week.